You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hey everyone, Neil here. Before the game gets started, just wanted to let everyone know to uh, please check out our bonus miniseries. We did a video bonus miniseries called Bloodsport, and it's going to be premiering Saturday, September 1st at 1 p.m. And where can people find it, Jeff? So they can go to our Facebook page. Um, you can find us on our YouTube channel. We're going to be doing a five-part miniseries, so five bonus episodes, uh, all video content. We'll also be releasing the audio after that, uh, but you can check it out there, and that'll be the entire month of September entire month of September and uh, people you guys reached out you said we wanted to do uh, a video format so we we listened and uh, we are going to deliver so please check us out uh, Saturday September 1st and if you only want to listen to the audio version the audio version will drop the following day but uh, we encourage you to check out the video version it should appear in your normal podcast feed recorded in Chicago Illinois with your hosts Ken Matt Neil and Jeff this is Triviality Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I'm joined in the studio with the hosts with the most since Jeff Probst. As usual, uh, Jeff, Ken, and Matt, how's it going? Well, that was that was really nice, Neil. Yeah, well, thank you. Off the cuff. You're welcome. Well, Great yeah, job. Jeff, that was improv. <laughs> little Jeff Probst uh, reference there. Longest, probably one of their longest running hosts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's for another trivia Would day. Would you say he survived the longest on that mm-hmm. network? I think he would. He's still on the island. So yeah, when you make jokes like that, we'll vote you off the studio. So. <laughs> well, bye. <laughs> uh, well, Even though it's your apartment. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Kick me out of my own apartment. Uh, and I also would like to introduce uh, uh, from Skype. We have Michael Turner, a cruiserweight champion. He's all coming to us from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. How's it going, Michael? Good, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Thank you for joining us. And also for joining us in the studio, Paul McLaughlin from Brick, New Jersey. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to come visit us on your vacation, spending it with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, four dudes in, in mm-hmm. an office. Probably like the 8,000th best Illinois tourist attraction is this apartment, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> According to TripAdvisor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to make a quick announcement, um, something we're super proud of and uh, very happy with. Since January, Matt can correct me if I'm wrong, but since January, we moved over to Podbean, and, and since that date, uh, we've had 100,000 listens. Yeah. We just cracked. So it's pretty crazy. Sweet. Congratulations. 
Thank we, you very much. We definitely didn't think we would get over 100. So, like, <laughs> yes, it's we, magnitudes more than. So, we appreciate everyone who's ever downloaded an episode. You don't have to listen. You just have to download. Right. So, we're just looking for those numbers. <laughs> it's basically, so. just all the better if you don't listen. Yeah, in just, fact. You, just keep clicking on old episodes, too. We don't mind. I think that's what Ken's mom uh, meant by click farm. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> I, anyway, it's helping us. So, I mean, the fact that Matt used orders of magnitude correctly it makes me so happy and yeah, so I've, proud. I've come a long way since episode <laughs> one <laughs> he ain't dumb <laughs> i never said he was but it makes my heart sing uh so let's start with uh with paul um so uh what do you do and how do you find the show uh i do more or less nothing i'm retired oh wonderful. Uh, i uh worked for a long time for a a, a large company uh uh, not to delve too far into it, I, I had an accident, kind of knocked me for a loop for, mm-hmm. for quite a while. So uh, I've just been uh, kind of taking it easy for, for the past couple of there years. You go. So Nothing wrong yeah, with that. N- n- nice work if you can get it. But uh, <laughs> how did I find the co- podcast? Uh, at Geek Bowl, actually. Uh, oh, really? When, oh, we, when we were walking in the door. You had some uh, some ladies out there handing out cards and got them. Yeah, <laughs> I was there too. Uh, you probably weren't looking at me. I, I get it. I get it. That's so funny. Yeah, because we when we were doing it, we we're like we're never going to know if if uh, these work. And uh, thank you for saying no, that though. That, they that's worked. Great. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I saw that and I thought, you know, you know what? I keep hearing about these podcast things. You know, oh, they got trivia for podcasts now. Mm-hmm. All right, let me take a look at this. Sweet. Oh, that's so funny. Well, yeah, thank you to Quinn Madden. Uh, I believe she goes to Emerson, the we, basketball team. We know uh, next. Next year, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be in Vegas with the cards, flicking them like like they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there will not be any scandalous pictures on them though. Mm. Or maybe we should put some on there, men and women, just to yeah. entice everyone. Or if we could just get Chris Angel to do tricks with them, we'll be yeah, just a little, little banana hammock action on the card. Yeah, oh. pull some David Blaine tricks. Uh, <laughs> Street magic. Uh, what about you, Michael? Uh, what uh, what do you do and and how'd you find us? I uh, I'm currently a technical director for the CBS television station in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, cool. uh, WBTW. Uh, yeah, I've been doing that for whew, 15, 16 years now. Uh, so basically, what I do is I punch all the buttons because everything's automated these days. It's all computer codes. But if you see like an anchor's looking at the wrong camera or there's a you know graphic up over their face, that's my fault. Oh, I thought you just like press play Big Bang Theory, and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that, that's a master control operator, but yeah, there's plenty of that. Well, I know all about that from my history in uh, television and from live-switching our upcoming video episode. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can you share some, some uh, qualities there. And a beard, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> you, ever, you, ever li- you ever live-switch Papa Roach? <laughs> uh, I've never live-switched Papa Roach, no. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That would be my last resort. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I found you guys through the fine folk over at Trivial Warfare. They gave you guys a high recommendation. Good deal. Oh, well, thank you. Fine folk indeed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I'm currently still going through the backlog. I finished uh, I think Game of Death 4 on my on my trip up to see my girlfriend in North Carolina this weekend. Nice. Oh, well, wonderful. Thank you for, for being a listener of the show. Um, I'm going to be hosting today. I put a game together uh, right down to the wire. Um, I'm definitely getting by with a little help from my friends. There's some uh, listener submitted questions we have here. Uh, also, some other friends of the show and friends that no one knows about uh, giving me questions, which I'll get to. But 
Um, but yeah, let's throw it over to the rules guy just to uh, reiterate what the rules of the show are. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I'm just pointing at Ken to make it. <laughs> oh, what, a, what an outstanding read today, uh, gentlemen. Awkward silence. What an outstanding read today, gentlemen. I, I can't, guy I kills can't it. even anymore. What's crazy is he was doing it on his iPhone on a highway, but you couldn't hear anything. Couldn't hear the noise. Yeah. It turns out cars are a decent place to record. We have two teams. Uh, it's going to be Michael and Ken as the Hart Foundation in honor of uh, the tragic passing of uh, Jim the Anvil Needhart. R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, the other team is going to be Jeff and Paul as, uh, what was the name of it again? Paul is from New Jersey, so we figured it would be only appropriate for... Uh, the Devils. The Devils! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, the Putties, that's Putty, right? Who said yeah, that? that's yeah. Putty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the Devils versus the Heart Foundation. So, here we go with round one. Uh, here's your first question. In 2015, a couple in England bought a Beanie Baby at a flea market in Bood, Cornwall, for $15 and immediately threw it up on eBay, hoping to fund a down payment on a new home. This particular plastic-filled fabric creation went into production in 1997, was encrusted with a single white rose, and was made to honor what figure whose name was on the foundation where the profits were sent? You got this, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, I got this one. Okay. Yeah. So these guys are locked in. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Princess Diana. Does that sound right to you, Michael? That, that was one of two names that popped up in my head. The other is Mother Teresa, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I would 75% say Princess Diana. Okay, we're going to go with Princess Diana. All right, and Team the Devils? Yeah, we went uh, Princess Diana as well. That, that uh, seriously overshadowed uh, Mother Teresa. Yep, uh, it is Princess Diana, yeah. Uh, so it was a pretty funny story that I'd read uh, if anyone who collected Beanie Babies in the early 90s or late 90s. Or still does. Or still does, Matt. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you can see Matt's car driving around with a bunch of Beanie Babies in the back window. I wouldn't mind if we uh, if we sent some of those to people, Matt, because I have probably about a thousand still. Yeah, mine's well, Including so, some of the bears. So If my, you have multiple thousands of Beanie Babies, just sell them. Because you'll make multiple thousands of dollars. <laughs> Even at $1 a piece. Yeah, just sell whatever you have. Um, all right, well, uh, number two, speaking of royalty, if Queen Elizabeth were to abdicate the throne as of the reading of this question, who would be fourth in line to rule? Mm. These are always so tricky. Ken, I think I, I have a guess, but I'm going to let them lock in first. Okay. So it looks like uh, Team the Devils is struggling here, but uh, I think Michael might be onto something over in Myrtle Beach. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> You're on kind of a British kick with these questions so far. Actually, I had to. So I had a bunch of questions I wrote in my phone that I always do, like little notes, and I had like eight British ones. I was like, man, I gotta, mm, I gotta pull these down. Burn, burn through some British royalty questions. We should have an all British episode. I, I'll do an all Eddie. British one. Bring Eddie on. Yeah. Oh, then we'll do. Well, then we'll lose. We'll we'll write questions <laughs> that he'll know easily. Yeah. Didn't my friend Austin defeat me in a uh, in a game of death category? He did. Oh, he did. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll lock in. So these guys are locked in. Um, so Michael had a good read on this one. I can go two ways on this. Did you want to explain okay. your thinking? Then I'll tell you what I'm thinking. Absolutely. Um, they 
one of the many trivia apps that I do asked this question a couple weeks ago, but they asked it as who is fifth in line, and the answer was little Louis, the, the, the youngest born. So I'm pretty sure that it goes Prince Charles, Prince William, and then Big Willie Styles' kids. So fourth would be Princess Charlotte. What, what has to happen for Harry to take the throne? That whole family needs to get wiped out? I believe that is accurate. That's dark. Uh, it's probably quite difficult for him to reason that in his mind. Mm-hmm. But um, He's got Megan. He's fine. <laughs> it's not really a burden that he cares about. All right. We're going to go with Charlotte. All right. Devils? Yeah. We said Charlotte as well. Uh, just like Michael said, it would be uh, Prince William. Then it would be uh, Prince George. I'm sorry. Excuse me. It'd be Prince Charles. Prince Charles, Prince William, Prince George, and then uh, William's daughter, Princess Charlotte, is the answer. Correct. Cool. All right, uh, moving right along to number three. Take the first name of the co-creator of Seinfeld and the last name of the current head coach and offensive coordinator of the Houston Texans, and you'll have the name of what coveted sports achievement? I've I, I got the names, Ken. Okay, we're locked yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Co-creator of Seinfeld, it would be... Larry David. It would be Larry David. And um, I, be, I believe O'Brien is the one. So the I think the Larry O'Brien trophy is for the NBA Finals winner. Or I'm I'm good with that. I think it's I, Larry I, O'Brien. Yeah, I, I, but you, I agree you that for, the, the answers are Larry and yeah. O'Brien. You so. say for what achievement? Is that correct? Yep, uh, two two acceptable answers. Yep, what coveted sports achievement? Larry O'Brien will lock in. Perfect. Okay, and uh, Team Heart Foundation. It, it's absolutely Larry O'Brien. But I, I, he's right. It's it's something having to do with basketball. I I can't think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> good, but it yeah, wasn't alone. <laughs> Larry David, Bill O'Brien, Larry O'Brien. Yes, it's the Larry O'Brien Trophy, or also known as the NBA Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so it looks like we're going back to uh, Britain here. Meet Andrew Ridgely. One day he is half of a famous British pop duo. The very next day, his partner gave it all away to have an even more successful solo career. What famous group put him on the map? I'm good, Ken. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm locked in. All right, is it uh, Oasis? It is not, in fact, Oasis. Uh, you want to think more uh, spandex, more loud colors, more 80s, more wake me up before you go-go. The answer is wham. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go with wham. Uh, we are also going with wham with the exclamation point. Ah, I, like the de- I like the attention to detail there. It is wham, correct. Both teams four for four to start. Yep. I did say it was going to be a hard game, but... Uh, <laughs> But it'll be fun, I think. So if you guys uh, make sure to Google Andrew Ridgely because uh, his career after Wham was pretty crazy. He, he became like a, I want to say it was like a goat cheese farmer or milk farmer. I have to look up the details, but it's really interesting life. So just look it up. It's a good read. What happened to Can the you? other guy? Oh, does know? Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Many, many bathroom meetings. <laughs> Can you uh, read the next question in a careless whisper for me? <laughs> this question. Uh, this question was sent in by Ellie Streifer, question five, uh, one of many today. So thank you, Ellie. Often common figures of speech will be mixed together and the meanings of those phrases will change. An example of this is, I'll burn that bridge when I get to it, which is an amalgam of I'll cross that bridge when I get to it and don't burn your bridges. What is this linguistic phenomena called? Mm, we could tell you didn't write that question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea on this one? Uh, no, I know. I, I think I think Paul and I are thinking of the same thing. I know what it is when you smash two words together. But I have yeah, a word in my head. I don't think it's right, but it's good enough for a guess. If you want to lock in and let these guys talk. I'm, I'm fine with that, buddy. Okay, thanks. 
We're locked in. Okay. I, I'm, I I'm just yeah, writing see, yeah, down I, my, I know, my wrong answers in crossing. I do the same thing. <laughs> where I'm just like, I'm trying to like empty my brain of those thoughts. Yeah. It's not a spoonerism, which is <laughs> what three words into the question. I was like, oh, that's where he's going. It's not a portmanteau. No, because the portmanteau is when the, when the words combine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a distinct word for that kind of morphology, but I can't. Ah, morphology. Word of the day. Mm-hmm. Bing. Is it mighty morphology? Ooh, <laughs> the hard so, foundation yeah. has you in a leg lock. You gotta, you gotta tap, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a sharpshooter, actually. Correct. Okay, yeah. you got you in a sharpshooter, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, ten points to Matt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna be kicking myself in ten <laughs> seconds, but all right, tap. All right, so team the Devils is tapping. Uh, what do you say, Ken? Just the word uh, malapropism popped into my head, so that's just a guess. You were very, very um, close. Misappropism? Very close. It was malafors. Malafors. Oh, okay. ah. All right. Uh, so thank you, Ellie. All right. Next question. To some, they exist everywhere. To others, they might not exist at all. But if you ask Disney and their trilogy-making machine, you would certainly find benevolent celestial beings in three specific areas used regularly in sports. Name two of them. They're riddles. I, I, I think I know what he's going with here, but... Yeah, I'll, let's let the devils uh, ring it out first. Okay, just so I'm clear on this, there is a trilogy of movies and you are looking for two of them, correct? Yep, trilogy okay. of movies, looking okay. for two of them. Okay, I, I was not even aware there was more than the one. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can, we can go with that. I, I, I've got nothing better. Um, I was trying to think of other movies that might be different, but nothing that's in a trilogy, so. All right, yeah, uh, we good to lock that yeah, in? Yeah, I think okay. we're good. So I didn't even know that this was a movie question. Uh, do you want to explain how this is working, Michael? <laughs> in in my brain, and again, I could be way off. I know that he's he's asking about angels in the outfield, but he's also talking about three very specific positions on the baseball field. So to me, that oh. would signal left field, right field, and center field. I, unless there's angels at shortstop, which I have never heard of, which could very well be the case. But to me, the answer would be left field, right field, and or center field. Oh, okay. I wonder if the other angels in the outfield movies for, focus on different sports, kind of like Airbud. That's entirely possible as well. Is he asking the, for mo- movie titles? Yeah, I'll either accept the movie title or in the titles there are uh, specific areas used in sports. Okay. So yeah, give me two two of those. So so I think I think it's um, how about angels in the end zone and angels in the outfield? All right, let let's go with that. Okay, uh, Team the Devils. Okay, we, we definitely went Angels in the outfield, uh, and on a wild guess, we went Angels in the backfield. Mm. All right, well, one team is getting points. Uh, the movies are Angels in the outfield, Angels in the infield, and Angels in the end zone. Ooh. So. Nice, good pull, Ken. Wow. <laughs> it wasn't a pull. <laughs> All right, pull it, right. <laughs> I'll take it from somewhere. Some unnamed nether those region. Are those straight to DVD sequels that everyone forgets about. Yeah, and Christopher Lloyd was in know about uh, them. was in one of them. He was in the Angels in the in- End Zone, and mm-hmm. then they did the infield. He didn't make it back to the infield. He did not. No. <laughs> uh, all right. So question seven is coming to us from cruiserweight champion Matt Doherty, uh, and uh, here's your question. Thank you, Matt. Though she was primarily known as a disco singer, Martha Wash found herself on a Billboard hit in 1990 with Gonna Make You Sweat, Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory. Um, I'm adding this a little bit. It was one of the songs I auditioned uh, with to be Herky, University of Iowa. All right. However, she began her career as one half of the group Two Tons of Fun, later known as the Weather Girls, who sang this iconic 1982 disco song. Ken, I got you, bud. Yeah. 
There's so much We're of that good. that I was like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Weather Girls. It's gonna be this, and then it was not. All right, so let's start with uh, Team the Devils. Uh, well, when you think about weather, you think about rain, and uh, I, I hope this isn't the case, but it, it was raining men. So, mm. all right, and Team Heart. Absolutely, 100%. It's raining men. Mm, hallelujah. All right, composed by Paul Schaefer. It is. It's raining men. I imagine that wouldn't all go down the drain very easily. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard the bit about what other song is that same song, just from a different perspective? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Let the bodies hit the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drowning pool. I like that. Um, uh, yeah, that's a perfect trailer song for a horror movie. Any horror movie, just put that song in, it's fine. All right, next question, number eight. I did have uh, about like four weapon questions, so I had to bring it down to one. So just, I don't know why, but I was in a weapon in a British mood for some reason. As the issue rifle in the U.S. Army and the U.S. Marine Corps, it was known as U.S. Rifle Caliber 30 M1, but it is commonly known by what name after its Canadian-American designer? Jeff's getting excited over here. We're locked in. Table rose a few inches. All right. <laughs> so they're locked in. Let's go to Michael and, and Ken. I don't have too much of a guess on this one. Do you? Nor do I, unfortunately. I was listening to a podcast that was talking about the Winchester a little bit. I don't know if he means the standard issue now. You can wait for it all to blow over. <laughs> well done. Uh, I, I don't believe it's Tim Horton, is it? <laughs> he they, did a lot of amazing things, but I don't uh, think this is one of them. Yeah, he makes coffee and uh, guns. <laughs> Winchester is as good a guess as any I have, unfortunately. Um, if you want to go with that, I'm fine yeah, with that. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, the, only, the only only thing rattling around in my head was howitzer and i I don't think that's right that's more german all right you're in with winchester let's go to devils uh i'll kick this one over to paul although i think we both simultaneously wrote this one down yeah yeah, that we did uh you say m1 to me i the only thing that comes to my mind is uh playing medal of honor and the uh, m1 excuse me the m1 garand if i'm pronouncing that right well uh so the winchester you know bolt action uh and uh, they're talking about the M1 uh, M1 Garen, which uh, if you played video games or seen movies, it's the one that goes because uh, the uh, the spring uh, shoots out, and it is the M1 Garen. Yep, uh, I think Ken's gonna like this next one, or he won't. Either way, we'll see. <laughs> if fictional prisoner two four six zero one was allowed to have art in his cell, I would venture a guess that Rene Magritte's nineteen fifty eight piece, The Golden Legend, would not be his first choice due to the fact that this particular piece of art showcases what? I have a lot to say on this one, but I don't know the answer, but maybe we can um, talk our way into it yes. together. That's okay. Nice. Yes. Give it a shot. I'm 95% certain we have the right character now. But was, I, I'm, I'm sorry, what, what was the question? What is in the painting? Right, yep. right. What's in the painting? As famously said by Brad Pitt, what's in the, the painting? Go- the golden what? <laughs> the, the, uh, the golden legend. Golden compass. This is one of those things that, you know, you, you, I know a couple of key facts about it, but, <laughs> but not, I have never but the one. <laughs> never seen or read. Nor, nor have I. No. But I happen to know that that right. little tidbit. So, All right. Looks like the devils are locking in with a guess here. So I think we're free to talk. Um, I think the prisoner number is from Les Miserables. Okay. Have you seen that or read I, it? Or I have not, unfortunately. No, I'm not very familiar with. I have not either. Um, I know that the fact about that prisoner number but i have not seen it um renee magritte was a uh surrealist painter he painted uh the painting with the guy with the apple over his face so i'd figure the guy in prison might be pretty hungry so maybe an apple would disturb him he painted 
couple paintings with pipes involved and it's not uh, a pipe it's not a pipe <laughs> um uh, I, I i like apple fine as an answer yeah i, I think you, that you know think... a lot more about uh, magritte than i do i we they just mentioned it about fauvism is the only thing i know about magritte <laughs> i think the one with the apple might be the golden legend so let's go with apple all right devils we we knew jean valjean we knew les mis couldn't get it much further than that uh soon as you mention Magritte, you know, and what he does, that that makes total sense. Apple, I'm, I, I would never come up with that on my own, but, uh, <laughs> but, but so we just went with key. Mm, key. All right. Well, um, Rene Magritte did paint a green apple. It was not in the Golden Legend, uh, but the clue there was uh, prisoner two four six zero one, who is Jean Valjean in Les Mis. And if you were in jail, uh, the worst thing would be reminded of why you were there in the first place, and it's because it is of loaves of bread, what he stole to get in jail. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Loaves of bread. All right, and the final question of the first round. After cutting ties with their manager amidst a tumultuous legal battle, this music act's third studio album debuted in 2000 atop the Billboard 200 with first-week sales of 2.4 million copies, setting a record for one-week sales that lasted 15 years until Adele surpassed it with her album 25. I, th- I think I like this one better. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. All right. These guys are in. So um, my initial thought was like BSB or NSYNC. Knowing is, that where, is that where you're at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would be more... I'm... Pr- 90% sure it's NSYNC. Backstreet Boys had big albums, but none were as big as NSYNC's No Strings Attached. Okay. I'm cool with that. And we went the other route. We went Backstreet Boys. All right. So um, the clue here, uh, cutting ties with their manager, their manager both for Backstreet Boys and NSYNC uh, was Lou Pearlman, mm-hmm. who founded them. Uh, but this band, uh, because they were better, uh, cut ties with Lou Pearlman and, and named no their album attached. No Strings Attached. So mm-hmm. that would be NSYNC. We're back, baby. I think uh, I think Millennium was 99, right, for Backstreet Boys? Yes. That's about right, yeah. That's correct. But, uh, yeah, as Michael said, uh, No Strings Attached, uh, just like far and away, just yeah. kind of blew the, the other albums out of the water as far as sales were concerned. Thanks for the save on that one. <laughs> Quite welcome. All right, and with that, uh, Heart Foundation takes a lead going into the swing round, 70 to 60, so high-scoring round. Awesome. Uh, well, so for the swing round today, I had a bunch of different ideas. I wasn't sure what to do. Um, kind of just fell into this swing round. I don't really know what to call it. Could be called either or. Uh, could be called Avenue Q based on the fact that there are two different ways of getting to the same location. Um, but uh, just wanted to mention that some of these questions were um, helped out by Ryan Clefcorn Myers. And the reason I say that is by the time this episode airs, you will have seen the premiere of our uh, bonus miniseries called Triviality Bloodsport. So if you haven't seen it yet, make sure to watch the video version on facebook on our group the crop or on our youtube channel or on our youtube channel or or you can listen to the audio versions but uh, we hope you're enjoying it and uh you want us to do a second season so we'll see all right and just uh for the record uh some answers might one might be plural one might not be plural but as long as you give me the the answer it it makes sense you'll you'll know what i'm talking about okay number one common generic name for petroleum jelly or diss track ammo by ice cube (laughs) okay Number two, I like that one. F1 supercar designer or bar from How You Met Your Mother. Number three, the man behind ER's Dr. Carter or son of Lamech and father of Shem. Number four, Navy rear admiral, computer scientist, and feminist icon 
or the villain in A Bug's Life. Number five, famous westerly Cornwall landmark or clothing company who divorced with Sears. Number six, royal friend of the Pavenzi children or aka Mazandarin C. Number seven, writing utensil used for emphasis or cosmetic used to make one's appearance brighter. Number eight, first track shoe by Nike or conquistador who defeated the Aztec empire. Number nine, a Phoenix sports team or defunct division of the Ford Motor Company. And number 10, an important Mormon angel or the capital of Comoros. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, all of the answers are locked in after the swing round. Uh, we're still not sure what we're calling it, either or, whatever whatever have you. Um, so uh, let's just go down one by one. Uh, How about as you like it? As you, I like it. As you like it. Let's do that. Uh, so the first one uh, was a personal favorite of mine, uh, just because I love the diss track uh, by Ice Cube. It's a great uh, piece of work. Uh, so I basically, I basically, I was looking for the generic name for Petroleum Jelly or a lyric from a diss track by Ice Cube. Let's start with uh, Team the Devils. Uh, with this one, we are FNM with no Vaseline. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Team Heart Foundation. I, I can't top that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Vaseline. It is Vaseline. That's correct. I was trying to think of a, another way to put uh, this clue, and originally it was going to be um, Ice Cube uh, telling the members of NWA to get, and I was trying to think of a good way to say it with no Vaseline, <laughs> but I couldn't, so <laughs> I turned it into this. All right. Uh, number two, it was a uh, F1 supercar designer or the bar from How I Met Your Mother, Team Devils. Uh, we went McLaren. One of my favorite automotive designers All right. and uh, favorite fictional bard. All right. And uh, Team Hart? Yep. McLaren. It is uh, McLaren or McLarens. That's correct. Number three, uh, the man behind ER is Dr. Carter or the son of Lamech and father of Shem. Uh, Team Devils. That'd be Noah. All right. And let's go to Michael for Team Hart. Yes. Uh, Dr. Carter played by Noah Wiley. Correct answer is Noah. It is Noah. Uh, I didn't, were I pronouncing those names correct? I'm not sure. Aaron will probably correct yeah. us. Lamech and Shem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Curly and, and Mo. <laughs> Mo. Okay. Not, not quite. <laughs> uh, all right. Number four was the uh, Navy Rear Admiral, computer scientist and feminist icon or villain in A Bug's Life. Let's start with Team Heart. 
Uh, we finally came up with the grasshopper and Bugs Life being named Hopper. Okay, and Team Devils? Yeah, glad you had the uh, the Bugs Life clue in there and uh, that led us to Hopper. All right, it is Hopper, and uh, the feminist icon was Grace Hopper. Mm. Let's never forget that Bugs Life is actually just seven samurai. Mm-hmm. That's correct. It is seven yeah, samurai. Better pretty, than ants. Pretty solid. Everyone agrees, right? Ken prefers the oh. subtitle version of A Bug's Life, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In the original Japanese, please. <laughs> uh, number five, uh, the famous Westerly Cornwall landmark or clothing company who divorced with Sears, Team Hart. Well, we knew that uh, it used to be Sears Roebuck, and that's as far as we could get, so we're going with Roebuck. All right, Team Devil. Same here. Sears and Roebuck. We went Roebuck. All right. uh, So this one I I figured would trip up some people. So in Cornwall, uh, there's a landmark. It's a famous sign uh, in the westerly point of of Cornwall of England there. Uh, It's called Land's End. Ah. And uh, Sears used to have Land's End clothing that they no longer are technically uh, partnered with. So that makes sense. Yeah. Land's End. All right. You're the tricky one. I try. (laughs) <laughs> uh, number six, uh, the royal friend of the Pavenzi children, or a.k.a. Mazandarin C. Let's start with uh, Team Devil on this one. Uh, and you can just move right on, because yeah, we, we got a big fat nothing We here. didn't have an inroad on this one. So. Okay. All right. And uh, Team Hart? Michael informed me that the Pavenzi children were from Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe, and uh, we're going to ah. guess their friend is Aslan. Uh, you were on the right track. Uh, the Pavenzi yeah. children also are friends with a prince whose, whose name is Caspian. Caspian. Yeah. Uh, all right. Number seven. Uh, writing utensil used for emphasis or cosmetic used to make one's appearance brighter. Team uh, Heart. Start with you on that one. It's going to be the highlighter. All right. Team Devils. Highlighter it is. It is the highlighter. Correct. All right. This one is uh, a favorite of mine. So uh, these are my favorite pair of, uh, not my favorite pair, but my favorite Nikes that have ever been made. I've had them all throughout my life. Uh, first track shoe by Nike or Conquistador who defeated the Aztec Empire. Team Devils. This one took us a, a little thinking, but uh, I, I feel pretty good that it was Cortez. All right. And Team Hart. Yeah. Um, Michael said the only conquistador you could think of was Cortez. And I said, I don't think it's right, but we went with Cortez. All right. Well, uh, while the, the last letter might be different between the name and the shoe, uh, it is my favorite pair, uh, my favorite Nikes, Nike Cortez. Uh, right. Nice job. Cool. All right. Read uh, it as a god, if I'm not mistaken. And just for the record, so uh, for everyone who knows I didn't make the mistake on purpose, it is Cortez with a Z for the shoe and S for the man. Mm-hmm. You could stop typing now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we know. <laughs> uh, all right. Number nine, uh, a Phoenix sports team or defunct division of the Ford Motor Company, uh, Team Hart. Uh, this one took a little reasoning as well. We figured maybe the WNBA team was called the Mercury, and uh, Mercury is a defunct, uh, what, what would you call it? Division. division. So mm-hmm. we're going to go with Mercury. All right, Team Devils. Yeah, we had clued in on the uh, Mercury being <clears throat> one of the larger branches that had gone defunct from the Ford Motor Company, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're also a WNBA team. So It is the WNBA Mercury. Mercury. Whoa. Mercury. I had Mer- dental work today. I'm having a little trouble. Mercury. There <laughs> we go. About that. My first car was <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I could have done better on that dental work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cheaper, though. It's fine. I saved some money. It's uh, Pendola Care. All right. Uh, and number 10. An important Mormon angel or the capital of Comoros. Uh, start with Team Heart. Well, we couldn't get uh, too far on this one, uh, so we're going to go with Xenu, Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Xenu, Warrior Princess, and Team Devils. I gotta love the stunning coincidence that we put down Xenu Warrior Princess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it is not Xenu uh, Warrior Princess. Um, but uh, it's something that I have been called many times. We put uh, moron in front of I. It would be moroni. Moroni. 
Yeah. Or Morani, however you say it. So it is Morani, M-O-R-O-N-I. Matt, uh, what's the uh, score looking like here? Yep, so both teams adding 35 points. Uh, so the Hart Foundation moves up to 105, uh, while the Devils are at 95. So still a close game. Very nice, very nice. Um, just before we, we move forward, just want to mention, uh, if you haven't joined our Facebook group yet, it's called The Crop, so just uh, look Yeah, what there. the hell, guys? <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a great group of people there. Paul is uh, always on the ball with uh, GIFs that he's putting out there. It's great. He answers in GIF only. Uh, Michael's there, too, but... Uh, yeah, you we know. got questions every day dropping at noon, yeah. uh, answered by noon... 30 seconds later. Yep. So, so <laughs> you know, you, you got to get there right on time or bring your lawn chairs or some lemonade, some fireworks. We'll have fun. Uh, make sure to come join us there. Uh, if you would like to support the show, uh, Jeff will tell you in two seconds where they can go. Of course. Uh, that is patreon.com slash triviality podcast, where you can support the show directly for as little as a dollar a month and get some great rewards mm-hmm. and uh, really support the show. So if you're interested in doing that, please join us again, patreon.com slash Triviality podcast. You can do a dollar a month, uh, two dollars a month, or a million dollars a month. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's <laughs> we're, true. We're very open to the million dollars a month. <laughs> what, what what would the championship rank be if someone were to donate a million dollars a month? We I I think they could just have that named after themselves. Yeah. Masters of the <laughs> universe. They would, they would pick Master Ooh. of the Universe. I feel like it would really be just an indecent proposal situation. So one of us would have to <laughs> yeah. give it up. So or maybe multiples. All of us. That's I don't fine. Know. Whatever, man. <laughs> Let's go uh, down to round two. I also apparently was in a hip hop theme. So. Let's see what happens. Originally hosted by Fab Five Freddy, who was then replaced by a Dr. Dre, who was not straight out of Compton, this influential television program aired on MTV and recently celebrated its 30th anniversary in Brooklyn. The original pilot even featured appearances by DJ Jazzy Jeff, The Fresh Prince, and Eric B. and Rakim. Can I got you? Oh, both teams locked in quickly. I like it. Uh, so let's start with uh, Michael. How about you for the Heart Foundation? Uh, this would be Yo 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 MTV Raps. Okay, all right. And Hosted by Ja Rule. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be living it up. And uh, uh, Team uh, Devils. Always on time. Uh, much like uh, our, our uh, the the Wham question before, we have Yo exclamation point MTV Raps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just a, a little background here uh, before I say the answer. Uh, my family always had a huge garage sale. We had multiple families, multiple houses. And uh, every year I would uh, sit, uh, sell soda cans for a dollar. And I would also sell some sort of cards. And for four years in a row, I sold Yo! MTV Rap packs of cards to people who no one really bought them, though, because they didn't want them. But it is Yo! MTV Rap. So that's a Neil story for you. I'd sit there trying to hawk these cards. And I ended up opening them myself because no one would buy them. So that's where the uh, Ed Lover dance comes from, if anyone's familiar with. Mm hmm. No one wanted salt and pepper trading cards. <laughs> I know it's a shame. It's a shame. You, if you get salt, you got to collect pepper too. Mm. That's right. It's a limited edition. Yeah. Or you get, can get salt. You can get pepper. You couldn't get Spinderella. No way. <laughs> 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 um, all right, number two. Uh, this two first named, mostly literary character is currently on the small screen in an Amazon series portrayed by an actor who most recently made a smash hit film, directing deaf actress Millicent Simmons to rave reviews. We're locked in. That's a long way around for that. Mm-hmm. That's how I like it. You guys are in? Yeah, we're yeah, locked we're in. Locked. Okay. So, uh, Millicent Simmons is in A Quiet Place, directed by John Krasinski, who is playing Jack Ryan on Amazon. So, Jack Ryan. Perfect. All right. And Team Devil? Yeah, series I'm very much looking forward to, the new Jack Ryan series. All right. Uh, also portrayed by Harrison Ford, Alec Baldwin, Chris Pine, among others, it is Jack Ryan. Sean Connery. Well, he was <laughs> just f- 
fucking with you. My Neil. name is Jack. Damn it. Okay. Didn't, didn't Jim Varney take a turn at that? No, I, I might be thinking of something else. Ernest goes to Washington. <laughs> that would actually be very interesting. Jim Varney is Jack uh, Ryan. Jim Varney, Ernest. Clear present danger, y'all. <laughs> Rest in peace. Yes. Um, all right, moving to uh, question three. All their friends may be metalheads, but this band from Gainesville, Georgia, went Broadway in 1996 by releasing an EP of Grease covers. Locked in. Yeah, I got Locked this in. one if you're good with <laughs> it. Okay. One of my favorite uh, pop punk albums. Not um, surprised. Let's go to Devils. Yeah, lo- love me some less than Jake. All right, and Team uh, Heart Foundation. Sorry, I forgot the name of the team. <laughs> Say hello to Rockview, less than Jake. Yeah. It is less than Jake. A lot of music questions on here. I'm sorry. All right. Um, all right. Number four, while normally a listener submitted question, uh, is also a listener. I'm sorry. Number, number, four, number not, four is not a listener. Not <laughs> uh, it's the, the Novocaine wearing off. So the uh, listener submitted question is number five, but I also have one at four here. All right. Uh, this one's from Intercontinental Champion David Raffetto. Mm. Angels with Filthy Souls is a fictitious gangster movie shown within what 1990 comedy? Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah. After you locked in here, uh, David will give you until the count of 10 to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Team Hart? It's, okay. uh, it's uh, Home Alone. I was going to say, this yes. was featured prominently in our Christmas episode. Yeah. You filthy animal. <laughs> filthy animals. And, home uh, Alone. You filthy animals are correct. It's not correct. <laughs> correct is it's Home Alone. Well, I, no, I meant you, you uh, as a group. You uh, filthy animals are correct. Home Alone. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I meant to say. It's what you said. I know. I'll roll back the tape and I'll cut it. Mm. But I'll leave it in. All right. Number five uh, is another uh, listener submitted question. I'm losing it. Question nine. Why do I have question nine? It's from Andrew Brown. Because I moved it. Five, nine, nine, five. All right. <laughs> Let's start over. The whole podcast. Question, <laughs> question one. This beady, baby. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to start it over. Do it live. All right. All right. Uh, the listener submitted question number five is from Andrew Brown. So thanks, Andrew. Between 1808 and 1821, Portugal's capital wasn't even located in mainland Portugal. It was actually in Brazil in what city, the second largest of the country? And if you guys have a question five submission, you send that over to trivialitypodcast at gmail.com. And then when Neil doesn't have time to write a game, we will get them in there for you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, speaking of uh, our email uh, client there on the website, I just want to say a thank you to uh, listener uh, Emil Safai. Uh, you wrote in that uh, under episode 24, Pocket King Quack, that uh, regarding the question about nine U.S. sports teams that don't end with the letter S, there are actually 10. We didn't include the L.A. Galaxy. So thank yeah. you, Emil. I always forget to say four major sports. If you include soccer, there's more than 10, I believe. There's Yeah. yeah. But uh, thank you for pointing that out because uh, Chicago Fire. what helps us is knowing our shortcomings what's the, yeah. what's the other one to get better. That I wrote a sports question wrong. What's Shame on me. One? We'll lock in. And what's your thoughts? The two high-population Brazilian cities that I know are Rio de Janeiro and Sao Paulo. That's exactly what I had. Um, Under my head, I would say Rio's the biggest and Sao Paulo's second. All right. So Sao Paulo, you're good with that? Yep. All right. Sao Paulo. Uh, All right. And the Devils. We we actually thought the opposite. Um, Paul and I think that Sao Paulo is actually the larger of the two cities for some reason, even though Rio is much more notable. Um, I know Brasilia is also pretty large, but I think they that became their capital and people started moving there, so I don't think it's that big yet. So we said Rio de Janeiro. All right, one team is getting credit, and it's going to be the Devils. It is Rio de Janeiro. Good job, guys. Ah, oh, sorry, Ken. Right. Thank you, Tied Andrew. Up. Oh, tied. So what's the score here going uh, second half of this round? 
It is tied. <laughs> one forty-five. Uh, one forty-five to one forty-five. All right. Love. I think it's going to stay pretty tight here throughout the rest of the game. It's probably going to come down to the final. Uh, question six, featuring a sample and resung chorus of "Forget Me Nots" by Patricia Russian. This song won its artist a nineteen ninety-eight Grammy for best rap solo performance. I got you, Ken. Okay. Thank good. Thank God. <laughs> Got anything on this? No, I'm trying to think of who in '98 would have had a good sample. I could think no. of later, early 2000s stuff, but no rap songs use samples. Never, it never happens. <laughs> ding 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 da, da, ding ding. <laughs> it's uh, not the same. On version was the ding 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 a ding a ding ding. It's, yeah. it's totally different. It's not the same. It's it's totally different. Of forget me nots. Wait a minute. What, uh, what year was I'll be missing you? Uh, I think that was. That could have been, and, I think, like 97, 98. Would that be considered a rap solo? Uh, I, I could see it that way, yeah. Um, Forget me not, I mean, that was every missing That you. was Every Breath You Take by Sting, right? Yeah, um, by the police, yeah. Yeah, by the police. Sting and the police. Uh, could be, a, I'm pretty sure um, it was 97 or 98 when, when Biggie was, was shot, so. Yeah. I could Bits. see that. Yeah. All right, let's go with uh, I'll Be Missing You. All right, Team Devil's in with I'll Be Missing You, and let's go to Michael over at uh, the Heart Foundation. What do you got? Uh, if I were to sing you the chorus of Forget Me Nots, it might go a little something like, These are Forget Me Nots. Clap, clap. In 1997, everyone had the Black Ray-Bans with Will Smith and Men in Black. And Men in Black is correct. Makes sense. Well, I would not have gotten mm-hmm. that at all. Yeah, it's funny that he won a Grammy for Men in Black. I mean, that's where rap was in 1988, apparently, or what they give awards out for. It's a classic song. It is classic. They don't they do not do that anymore where they have a movie and then a song to tell you what the movie's about in a rap form. Just wish like Wild did. Wild West, <laughs> which they should. It was mostly Will Smith. Uh, <laughs> and I'll Be Missing You sampled Every Breath You Take. Yeah, so I think it. the last time they did that was for Atonement, right? <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, my favorite rap uh, solo performance is from The English Patient. Mm-hmm. Uh all right. Um, number seven. Uh, this one comes from listener John Gombus. I hope you don't mind, John, but I reworded it as a variation, I believe, has been set on the show and some other podcasts, but I just want to make sure ours is uh, a little different. So we all know the famous line from Cheers where Cliff Clavin answers Final Jeopardy with, who are three people who've never been in my kitchen? The question mentions stage names for three famous actors. Can you give me two of the names? I'll either accept two of the stage names or two of the actual actors whose stage names... Uh, belong to them for credit. Can I give you the real name and the stage name of the same person? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're locked in. All yeah, right. I'm not, sorry. I'm no help on that one. Okay. They're in. Um, I don't really have any idea on this one other than, you know, I can name people with stage names. All right. Do, do you know? Um, I, I don't know the answer. The, the ones that popped into my head were John Wayne Marilyn Monroe and Groucho Marx for some reason. Yeah, John Wayne and Marilyn Monroe were both in my head too, uh, so I'm okay. happy to go with that. My one other thought was that the punchline might be funnier if they're all like beautiful women. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. uh, no, there was definitely a man in there. Okay, so John Wayne and Marilyn Monroe is good with me. All right, and Team Devils. Well, the one I'm. 99% on was uh, was Cary Grant. I really okay. struggled to, to come up with one of the others. We went Catherine Hepburn. Okay. Uh, well, for uh, Team Hart, it was not uh, Percy or Norma Jean, um, but uh, Cary Grant was one of them. So it was uh, the original three names were Archibald, Archibald Leach, Leach, which is Cary Grant, mm. Lucille Lesore, 
who is Joan Crawford, and Bernard Schwartz, who is Tony Curtis. Mm. So those were the yeah, six possible. Not possibles. in a million years. Yeah. That's how I felt on that one. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew I had to lean on Paul. So, um, All right, well, let's move right along to question eight. Uh, thank you again, John. All right, number eight. Forget about swiping right or left. Apparently, Tony Orlando and Dawn are giving Tinder, Grinder, and other dating apps a run for their money. It's pretty simple, actually. People can let you know if, yes, they want you, or no, they don't want you by using what home-based technique? I got you, Ken. Yeah, I'm, I'm locking in here. Good deal. All right. Uh, so let's start with uh, Team Heart. I believe uh, they want you to knock three times, specifically on the ceiling. Okay. And uh, what about no? Oh, for no. Oh, that I have way less thunder on. Uh, oh, twice on the dock. Twice on the dock? Uh, that's my best guess. Okay. Okay. And uh, Team Devils. It's uh, knock three times on the ceiling if you want me, twice on the pipes if your answer is no. Pipes. Damn. Um, all right, that is going to be uh, credit to uh, Team Devils. It is uh, knock three times on the ceiling for yes, twice on the pipe for no. Isn't a gotcha. knock on the pipe usually a resounding yes? <laughs> To most, to most it is, I think. <laughs> All right, number nine. Uh, I threw a couple sports ones in here, but Matt's not playing. Um, number nine. Tremaine Edmonds and Terrell Edmonds became the first set of brothers to be drafted in the first round of the same NFL draft. What two teams were they drafted to? I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this one either. Did you give a year? Uh, it was this year. Oh. This year's NFL draft, 2018. Oh, I'm sorry. You were correct. I didn't. But yeah, 2018 draft. I'm really struggling to remember these guys. Yeah. It wasn't the highlight of the draft for you? No. I feel like it, like one was like a like a high pick and one was like a lower pick. But they bo- the fact that they both got picked was a big deal. Um, well, it wasn't. Yeah, I watched up until my team got to pick, which didn't take long as a Giants fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bar- well, like, Go Barkley. Barkley looks great. He's going to be my first pick in my keeper league. So I'm really Second? excited about it. Yeah. I haven't played fantasy football in a couple of years now. Uh, so it's like I'm, I've like forgotten everybody who's on teams. Well, we've got like two one in 32 guesses. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's probably so, not the Giants then. <laughs> probably not the Giants. Uh, I don't remember the Bears having them. So that rules out <laughs> two teams. So you're on your way. So, I'm good right. with the, we're, those we're, two. We're locked yeah. in. Okay. Team Devils is locked in. Let's go to Team Hart. Unless Michael knows I'm I'm out. Uh, I I feel like one is the Patriots. Uh, that the I think it's Tremaine maybe that strikes a bell with me. The other would be just a total crapshoot, but I would say the Ravens. Okay. Okay. Patriots and Ravens. Let's go to Team Devils. Uh, just by number of draft picks, I figured. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figured the Browns have a lot of them, so maybe they picked them up. And on a random guess, I said Titans. Okay. Uh, well, Tremaine went to the Buffalo Bills, and Terrell ah. went to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, so not a single one was right. No, nope. joining my friend Le'Veon Bell. That's correct. <laughs> Your friend. I do know. Him. Yeah, they get McDonald's all Personally. the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. Number ten. Uh, to end the round. Rising to fame in the mid-1960s as a comic sidekick on ABC's The Jimmy Dean Show and appearing in several commercials, this Muppet character was the first to achieve national popularity and the first that Jim Henson and Frank Oz performed together. I have a joke answer. Yeah, this is all based, uh, if you guys are in Los Angeles at the Skirball Center, there's an awesome Jim Henson exhibit about his life and all the Muppets he created, how his empire uh, 
started dark crystal labyrinth all that stuff it's really cool all right team devils looks to be locked in yeah i believe we are okay so um my reasoning is picking a muppet or sesame street character in which henson would do the puppeteering and oz would do the voice uh the obvious answer is kermit but i think uh Henson did the voice and the puppet for Kermit. So um, if we're going to go with um, a Muppet proper, I would go with Miss Piggy. Uh, if we're going to go with Sesame Street, it could be a toss-up. I really have no idea. I, that was actually my joke answer. I thought for a, a Jimmy Dean sausage commercial, why not Miss Piggy? All right, Miss Piggy. Okay, and Team Devil? And that's exactly how we got to Miss Piggy, too, by, by the Jimmy Dean Sausage Company. Uh, well, it is not Miss Piggy, unfortunately. Uh, one thing I did learn at the museum, which I thought was interesting, was Miss Piggy was named after Peggy Lee. Miss Peggy Lee. Uh, Frank Oz designed uh, Miss Piggy, and it uh, kind of rocketed uh, to, to fame, so it uh, became more popular. Um, the clues here, uh, if you weren't fans of the Jimmy Dean show, was that uh, the, the Muppet appeared in several commercials, and those commercials were for Purina Dog Chow, and it is Rolf, Rolf the dog. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought it was the dog, but I couldn't think of his name. Mm-hmm. So Rolf the dog. Um, uh, Matt, what's our scores going into the final round here? Well, it is 155 to 155. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty crazy. And here's the funny thing. Uh, of all the final round categories, I have all the questions now because I, I wrote one of them during the game, but number four still doesn't have a uh, clue for the final round category name. So I'm going to think of it when I get to number four. <laughs> so I'm going to read you the final round categories. Uh, as everyone here knows and everyone listening, um, you guys can wager any and all of your 155 points uh, based on your confidence of these category names, which on this show, you know, sometimes won't really help it's you. Later. Uh, all right, here we go. Um, the first category is G women. Like G women. Uh, G, just the letter G. No, just G like, women. Like G unit. Yeah. Exactly. G women. G women. Number two's category is state of affairs. Number three is remains of the day. Number four. Number four is. Banned, but not forgotten. Uh, when, when you say banned, you mean... It's, uh, oh, yeah, it's let me clarify. Banned, B-A-N-N-E-D. Yeah. Okay. And number five, sorry to bother you. Need somebody to go see that Winnie the Pooh movie mm. with me. That was good. I don't want to go by myself. Yeah. It's too... <laughs> Got to hit the bumble hard. What's this guy doing back here? Eating honey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would. I was like, one for Paddington 2, please. Paddington 2 is fantastic. I know it's good. But it's you like always defend that movie. Like, first, so quickly. It's, it's so good. It's a great movie. Both of them are great. The second one's even better. I, was, I heard the second one was even better. It is even better. All right. Highly recommended. So. And all the wagers are locked in. Thank you, Matt. All right, before we get to the questions, just want to say thank you to uh, my buddy Justin Shady, uh, who gave me all of these questions uh, for the show. He's a listener of the show. He's also a good friend, and we write together. Um, he's a great writer, so uh, look him up. He's got a great blog of uh, short films and, uh, and other content. But uh, thank you, Justin, for these questions. And uh, check out his movie, Vendetta, if you like uh, The Big Show and Dean Kane. Who doesn't? All right, uh, oh so God. for these final round questions, uh, the first question, uh, the category was G-Women. Perhaps the name of a character in John Green's first novel was somehow inspired by this trailblazer. She was the first woman to be a special agent in the FBI. Question two was in State of Affairs. What state was retroactively admitted to the Union in 1953 due to what they called a legislative oversight that took place in 1803? 
Number three, the category is Remains of the Day. Hailing from Grenoble in the French Alps, this athlete and performer was asked to be cremated upon his death, which resulted in remains weighing upwards of 17 pounds, most likely due to his acromegaly. Number four, in Banned But Not Forgotten. Despite being banned from MTV for life, Andrew Dice Clay did appear during the 1991 MTV Music Video Awards due to his signature catchphrase being sampled over and over by what British alternative rock band? And number five, Sorry to Bother You. Director of Sorry to Bother You, Boots Riley, was part of hip-hop group The Coup, who received coincidental criticism in the beginning of the century for their album cover for Party Music, which eerily depicted what event that wouldn't happen until several months later. Okay. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All right. All the answers are in. Uh, Let's start with uh, number one. The category was G Women. Perhaps the name of a character in John Green's first novel was somehow inspired by this trailblazer. She was the first woman to be a special agent in the FBI. Matt, what are the wagers? All right, so the Devils wagered 25 and the Hart Foundation with 20. Okay, Ooh. Team Devils? Paul and I were going back and forth on this one. He was he was thinking G, kind of got stuck in that <laughs> groove of trying to figure out a G name. I'm pretty sure um, the titular character of that book in Looking for Alaska is named Alaska. That's all we got. We didn't get any further than that. We said it was Alaska. Okay, and uh, Team Hart Foundation? Um, we have no idea about uh, G women apparently, and we're going to go with Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> All right, so a little different from Xenu Warrior Princess. We went with Xena Warrior Princess, which is correct. Uh, no, um, <laughs> so the clue there, Jeff uh, hit on, uh, was the character Alaska from Looking for Alaska. Uh, the first uh, female special agent in the FBI was Alaska P. Davidson, or Alaska Packer Davidson. So that is the answer. A pretty crazy fact too. Uh, she was hired in the early twenties. And there are only three women who were hired as uh, special agents in the FBI. And then from 1929 to 1972, there were no female agents in the FBI. Mm. Pretty crazy. 
All right. Uh, number two is in the category state of affairs. Uh, what were the wagers on this uh, one, Matt? Both teams wagering just 10 on this one. Okay. A little cautious. Uh, the question was, what state was retroactively admitted to the union in 1953 due to what they called a legislative oversight that took place in 1803? Let's go with Team Heart Foundation. Well, uh, Louisiana Purchase was 1803. Could have been any of those states, really. But uh, why not just go with the simple answer of Louisiana? I'm trying to remember. I think... They're like they forgot to ratify it or something like that, like some just some weird oversight. We said uh, Ohio for ours. All right, and uh, one team will be getting points for this one. It is Ohio. Wow. Huh. Paul reminded me of something when we were discussing this, and that was um, people kept claiming from Ohio that they didn't need to file federal income tax <laughs> because technically they weren't part of the federal government. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank you to the folks from uh, thestraightdope.com for uh, teaching me that one about 15 <laughs> years ago. Oh, that's good. It helped out. Helped you out there. Uh, all right. Number three was in the category remains of the day. What were the wagers, Matt? Um, 15 for the Devils and 10 for the Heart Foundation. All right. I'm sure after this question, uh, Michael there uh, wanted to wager more. But uh, the question was, hailing from Grenoble in the French Alps, this athlete and performer was asked to be cremated upon his death which resulted in the remains weighing upwards of 17 pounds, most likely due to his acromegaly. So let's start with uh, Michael. Uh, that would be the first inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, the late great Andre the Giant. Want a peanut? <laughs> <laughs> and Team Devil? Yeah, you got as far as hailing from Grenoble, and I was writing down Andre the Giant. It is Andre the Giant. All right, uh, number four uh, was in the category banned but not forgotten. What were the wagers, Matt? Uh, 25 for the Devils and 20 for the Heart Foundation. All right. When Justin told me this one, I couldn't believe it. I, it's a pretty cool fact. Um, despite being banned from MTV for life, Andrew Dice Clay did appear during the 1991 MTV Video Music Awards due to his signature catchphrase being sampled over and over by what British alternative rock band? Uh, let's start with Team Devils. Oh, so unbelievable. It's uh, EMF. All right. And uh, Team Heart Foundation? Uh, I thought they sampled the... Oh! Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah, it's a TM <laughs> Yep, sampled, both of them. Sampled both. It mm-hmm. is EMF. That was correct. When I found that out, I was like, it makes so much sense. I never even thought about it. Director of Sorry, or Matt, what were the wagers for the category? Sorry to bother you. So the Devils with fifteen and the Heart Foundation with ten. All right, and the question was: Director of Sorry to Bother You, Boots Riley, was part of hip hop group The Coup, who received coincidental criticism after their album cover at the beginning of the century, Party Music, uh, depicted what event that would uh, wouldn't happen until months later. So let's start with Team uh, Devils. Yeah, this uh, album cover showed the two of them posing in front of the exploding World Trade Center. Okay, and Team Heart Foundation. This question kind of threw me off because I was telling them I listened to the coup quite a bit at work because one of my coworkers really likes them and puts them on the radio. And I've seen the uh, the album cover. Neil informed me that um, it's it was pulled and then replaced, so... I actually had no idea, but uh, the most important event uh, to the United States, probably towards the beginning of the century, was September 11th. And it is September 11th. Uh, so yeah, the album cover uh, features uh, Boots and his uh, his partner standing in front of the Trade Center uh, as it's blowing up. There is no New York yeah, City I just, skyline. I just looked this up on yeah. my phone. Holy sh**. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. And uh, a lot of people thought that uh, Boots had a detonator, but it was a guitar tuner. And then they basically pulled the album cover changed it to like uh, a nighttime party scene or something all right after everything is added up we have the score of the heart foundation with 165 but today's cream of the crop is the devils with 195 the cream 
rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Come from behind. I all like right. it. Well done, Paul. Sweet. Yeah, it really all came down to that last question. Uh, if you guys had gotten it wrong, it would have been tied, and we would have had to go to a sudden death that we probably didn't have questions for. So well, thank you for getting that right. <laughs> We've only had one tie ever, right? Yeah. It was like the second episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't go to the runner. So well, I think we're good still... Good job, guys. Yeah, good job. Thank you. Great job. Um, well, yeah, thank you uh, for both of you for joining us, uh, Michael from Myrtle Beach and uh, Paul for joining us today in the studio, making the time. I know you're on vacation, but thanks mm-hmm. for you know hanging out <laughs> with us. Hopefully the drive was worth it. Had a blast. All really right. appreciate it. Oh, of course. Um, so uh, any last words, Paul, before we let you go? No, just uh, thanks again for, for having me in here and uh, keep doing it. Love, oh, love the show. Good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. You're always welcome uh, to come anytime. And uh, Michael, any uh, any words from you? Absolutely. Um, you guys can follow me uh, at DJ Dirty Mike on Twitter. It's mainly, uh, there's no music there. Don't think don't think I'm an actual DJ. What, yeah, what's head. your uh, SoundCloud page? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly uh, retweets of things I find funny and wrestling comments. But uh, yeah, if you guys ever need too. Still sounds a tag team partner for a wrestling, lay it on me. Uh, please hit me up. Well, that's good to know. We have one coming out soon, but we'll have to have you on the uh, the next installment there. And I'm Trivia sure we'll, I'll that. be commenting uh, on uh, Twitter with you for SummerSlam this Sunday. So, Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, once again, we hit 100,000 listens. Thank you so much. It's all about you guys, the listeners. That's why we make the show the way we do uh, and, and do our best uh, to deliver a product. For uh, Ken, Matt, Jeff, Paul, and Michael, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Humans, for the most part, don't have a clue. They don't want one or need one either. They're happy. They think they have a good bead on things. Well, why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it.